If you're a guest, we'd like to say welcome home. We hope you enjoyed the service today. Well, welcome back our live streamers. We have to kick them off when we have copyrighted videos like that. But we're glad that you come on back and join us. Uh, our emphasis for the entire month of January has been knit. This is our sermon series, Knit, uh, taken from Psalm 139, where David says, You've knit me together in my mother's womb. Today is the National Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, third Sunday in January. But we've had a pro-life, or really a pro-abundant life emphasis uh, all month long. And so in our series of sermons, the, the first message we talked about, the sanctity of human life, what does that mean? We took a deep dive into that. What's it based on? Of course, it's based on our being created in the image of God. Last Sunday, we talked about knit women and how abortion hurts women and how forgiveness, grace, and healing is available. Today is kind of an equipping day. So a couple of the scriptures that I'm referring to are from James. James says to take care of the widows and orphans, really just women and children who are in need. James says, I'll show you my faith by my deeds, so we want to put our faith into action. So we want to equip ourselves to love other people and to help other people with knowledge, what's available to us and what's something that we can refer someone to who's maybe in an unplanned pregnancy or a post-abortive woman or a father, what's available to them. So that's the theme for today is equipping us to put our faith into action. So it's a little bit different today, not a sermon in this time period per se. We're going to do an interview and a testimony and a couple of other things. So to start with, Bonnie Martinelli is with us this morning, and as many of you know, Bonnie is the executive director of the CareNet Pregnancy Center here in town and has been for about a year now. But Bonnie is near and dear to us also because she's been a member of this church uh, for several years. And so I'm going to do a little interview and back and forth with Bonnie. And again, the goal is so that we are familiar with and comfortable with, knowledgeable about what CareNet does, should we ever be in a position to refer someone to CareNet. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you. Bonnie, what is the mission of CareNet? Well, CareNet is a Christ-centered ministry built on the biblical principles of sanctity of human life, adoption, and sexual purity. And we're committed to provide compassionate help and practical support to women who are facing unplanned pregnancies and in post-abortion stress. And we, we also, I, I think up there, yeah, the, the vision is we intervene on behalf of the vulnerable unborn babies and assist the distraught and destitute teens, women, and families. That's so, a yeah, yeah we, we do a lot. <laughs> yeah, we do, do a lot. You do. So what kind of uh, circumstances bring a woman to care of that? Well, um, most of the time people think that only the pregnant women come to us, but um, we actually get more women after they've had their babies because they don't know what to do. They don't know how to take care of their baby. They can't afford baby items, and they're really scared and worried. And then also they come to us if they think that they're pregnant, and all of our services are free. We give them free pregnancy tests, free um, referrals to ultrasounds, free baby items, and awesome. just love on them. So if, say I'm a pregnant woman, or that might be a stretch, if a pregnant woman comes uh, to CareNet, what will be her experience when she walks through the door? Well, first of all, she's received with love. We just welcome everyone, and um, we have amazing volunteers that work there. And um, so we take her into a room, and we get to know her, we talk to her, and just find information about, about her. And then we do the pregnancy test, and um, actually, right before that, we kind of get a feel of if she is abortion-minded 
or if she wants to put her baby up for adoption, or if she wants to parent her child, but she has no idea how she's going to do that. And so then we do the pregnancy test, and, you know, we're waiting, um, hoping, you know, for the best. And, um, and then with the results, if it's negative, she's relieved. We're, we're relieved for her. And we'll share a little bit about abstinence and, and go down that wherever the Lord's leading. And then if it's positive, then we start the process um, of talking to her about those three things where she falls in that area. A lot of confidentiality. A lot uh, of all confidentiality. Yeah. Our files are locked. I mean, complete yeah. confidentiality. How does CareNet minister to women both before and after the birth of the child? Okay, so before the birth of the child, if she does choose that she wants to have an abortion, we give her all the factual information about what will happen. And like you preached last week about abortion hurts women and the the baby doesn't just go away. There's um, long-term effects to that. And um, so we give her that information, and we tell her, if you do choose to have an abortion, please come back. We love you. We want to walk through um, the healing process with surrendering the secret, which you shared last week, and Amy will share. And then if she will allow us, we, Dr. Presley has been doing ultrasound referrals for us for many, many years. Lord willing, we'll have our own ultrasound, hopefully in 2020. And um, so I'll tell you a little story, if you don't mind. Um, A woman came in, and actually she was devastated that she was pregnant, and she was further along than she realized, and she just cried and cried. And so we tried to get her to go have an ultrasound with Dr. Presley, and she didn't want to. And we just prayed, prayed, prayed. And what we do is if the mother's name starts with an I, we pray for baby I and mama I. And right now we're praying for a baby V and a mama V. And, um, and a month later, she said, can I still get that free ultrasound? Because um, when they're going to have an abortion, they need to know how far along they are and how big the baby is because it will determine, determine the price and the procedure um, when of the she, abortion. of the abortion. Right. And so we said, absolutely. And I was blessed to get to go with her. And um, I said, do you want me to go in the room with, with you? And she said, sure. And so I went in there and the sonographer asked her, do you want to see the screen? And she said, sure. And so when Dr. Presley knows when CareNet comes, it's, it's an abortion-minded woman. And so we pray, pray always um, before all of that. So when she saw that baby, all she could do is, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. And she couldn't take her eyes off of her baby. And before we prayed that the baby would be active, that baby was so active. The baby went like that and then like that. And I, I said, she's saying, peace, mama, peace. And the nurse even said, she even has your profile because this baby was pretty far along. So when we went out into the parking lot, I said, how are you feeling? And she said, now I'm just scared about giving birth. And I said, can I pray with you? And she said, absolutely. And so praise God. So that, that, that happened 16 times last year. There were 16 babies saved. And um, that, that was... A, yeah. Just an amazing thing. Yeah. But, and then if she chooses adoption, which we are trying to promote adoption more to let them understand, we partner with a couple of adoption agencies. And then mm-hmm. the Choose Life license plates that you see around, I never knew this until I started working at CareNet. That, that ministry is amazing. They give pregnancy centers um, all the money to support a woman that is going through the adoption process the medical, her housing, her transportation, utilities. It's amazing. And so um, 
So we tell her about that, and then if she chooses to parent the child, then we walk along that with her until the baby's two. That's great. I didn't know. Did y'all know that about the Choose Life license <laughs> yeah. plates? That's, that's tremendous, too. Yeah. So what are your sources of funding? Do you get uh, tons of money from the federal government like Planned Parenthood does? No. Uh, <laughs> we, we do not get anything from the government. Um, it comes from all of you and, and churches. There's um, 12 or 13 churches that support us monthly, and monthly support is great because it kind of can work into the budget. And then... We have different fundraisers that uh, help us raise the money to do all the things that we do for free. Like what fundraisers? Um, well, we have the Walk for Life, which is March 28th. If you can put that on your calendar, and you'll be hearing more information about that. It's right over here at Riverside Park. Yes, yeah. yes, and it's such a fun time. Steve and Steve Barlow, they made popcorn last yeah, year. and it, yeah, We it's let a, other people walk, and we made the popcorn. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. <laughs> and then we have our baby bottles, which... I know all of you have seen the baby bottles. And last year, they brought in about $28,000 of coins, which was great. And then we have our annual fall fundraising banquet. Yeah. And then people just donate. What kind of op uh, volunteer opportunities are there? Um, well, we have, the, we have client advocates that go into the room, and we train them very well. And then we have receptionists. We have wonderful ladies that work in our baby boutique. And I didn't tell you about our Earn While You Learn program. Okay. Um, this is something that started last October, and it's a program. It's called Earn While You Learn. And we have over 200 streamed videos that come in. So when the woman comes in and if she's pregnant, we have videos that tell her all about what's going on inside of her body, first, second, third trimester, labor and de delivery, nursing, um, potty training, how to deal with tantrums. I mean, everything you can imagine, even life skills and relationships and so as she comes in she gets baby bucks and for making her appointments and watching the video and then if she brings um her husband or partner or mother um, that's a beautiful thing because they're they're all learning better parenting skills and so they all get baby bucks and then she gets to go into our baby boutique and um, actually gets to shop for what she needs for her baby and we have everything you can imagine and most of that comes from um, donations. Churches do baby showers for us, and just people drop off things all the time, and it, it's really a blessing. Nice. Now, you mentioned that ultrasound. Why is the ultrasound so important? Well, um, like you heard my story, it can change minds. And the statistics are that if a woman sees her baby, 80% of the time she'll change her mind, and if the father of the baby comes, 90% of the time they change their mind. And before I started working at CareNet, I, I didn't realize how um, many abortions were occurring right here in Indian River County. As a matter of fact, over the last two years, there's, there's been close to 600 babies aborted just in the last two years. And even in Indian River County. In Indian River County. And even in our little CareNet um, that we've been there for 25 years, the other night I went home and I realized, wow, there was um, one of our volunteers had had two abortions, and she had received the healing, who she was so kindly talking to a grandmother that was there raising her grandchild, which we also see a lot of grandparents raising grandchildren um, who had had an abortion and hadn't received the healing. There was a woman in the lobby that had had an abortion that brought someone in the room that wanted an abortion. So in that same moment, 
So, you know, we just, we want to be there for them before, during, and after. Yeah, there's a lot of need there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so here at VCC, how many people here are volunteering in, in this congregation and helping out? Uh, quite a few. Um, there's probably 10 to 12 people volunteering in all kinds of ways. Um, I, I want to name everyone because they're, it, they're so wonderful, but I'd feel bad if I left someone out. But every time a VCC person walks in, it just warms my heart. But... Um, and then we're always thinking of other ways we can do things. Like, for example, I'm just going to use Clyde Hopkins. I don't think I did it in the second service where he probably was here. But um, he even said, with all that coin that we bring in, we take it to Bank of America and um, Sunshine Laundry. They pay for what it costs to count all that. But we get coins all throughout the year. So Clyde said, hey, why don't you go to a credit union and you can get that done for free. He did all the legwork and found out, and sure enough, he takes coins there. So there's all diff different ways that you can volunteer. And I think first service, someone said, I, I want to rock babies. Yeah. And we thought, hey, we could have granny time or something mm -hmm. like that. So. Sure. That's great. So not everybody's going to be a volunteer at CareNet, but a lot of people are mm -hmm. and can be, and there's a lot of different ways to volunteer. So finally, Bonnie, what are some of the ways that we can pray for you and for CareNet? Well, um, first, if you could pray for all the people that come to CareNet, and I, I hadn't said this before, we had over 225 clients, that's not counting the fathers and the grandmothers and the siblings, that came into our center last year over 1,400 times. So that door opened that many times for us to help people. And we got to pray with um, our clients over 1,200 times and present spiritual um, discussions over 900 times. So those people that come in, they're, they're hurting, they feel hopeless, they're broken, and they just need the love of Jesus, and that's what we try to share with them. And then, of course, all of our volunteers, um, we appreciate your prayers and, and the board and the staff for discernment and God's wisdom in how to move on with this ministry. Great. Well, we're going to pray for you just now. Let's okay. bow in prayer. Thanks. Our Father in heaven, we want to lift up Karenette. We, we pray for this baby V, uh, mm -hmm. whose, whose mother is struggling right now, and that yes. she will choose to give life to her child. We pray that there will be more funding and volunteers and support for this great ministry, and that we will draw more and more women who need these services into Karenette. And we thank you, Lord, for equipping us to be able to refer people now. And we ask your blessing, continued blessing on Bonnie's leadership. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Amy, if you want to come on up and start getting ready. So uh, taking a step back, remember what we're doing today is equipping ourselves. And if you knew someone who had an unwanted pregnancy or was abortion-minded or even after they gave birth and they need some help, remember, uh, CareNet will walk with them up to two years old and help providing their needs and whatnot. We're just equipping ourselves to be comfortable. I would feel very comfortable referring someone to CareNet for their services, and hopefully we'll all feel that way and be more equipped to do that. By the way, out there on the Welcome Center desk are little cards, CareNet business cards. You can take one of those. It's easy to give to someone. What we want to do next is uh, Amy Post is a guest with us today, and Bonnie connected me with Amy, and she lives locally. And Amy uh, has a testimony to share. She's not a professional speaker. She doesn't travel all over the country doing this, <laughs> not yet anyway. But I heard her give her testimony on Friday night at the Carinet, or at the uh, pro-life event over at Oceans in the mall. Did a fantastic job. I've heard her already two times this morning. <laughs> 
what she is doing three times in one morning giving her testimony really takes a lot of strength and a lot of courage, and I appreciate that about you, Amy. But Amy is a post-abortive woman who has been through the Surrendering the Secret program that is available through CareNet, eight-week Bible study for post-abortive women to receive not only forgiveness but deep healing over that process. So she's going to give us her testimony just now. Thank you. Okay. Um, good morning, everybody. Um, <laughs> thanks. Um, like Steve said, I am here to share with you my testimony um, about the Bible study that CareNet offers called Surrendering the Secret. Um, it's not an easy testimony to share. It's not easy to hear. Um, but I just have to let you guys know what God did in my life through this study. So when I was 18 years old in 1991, uh, the, the summer after my senior year of high school, I found out that I was pregnant. My boyfriend and I both came from conservative families. Uh, my dad actually was a pastor. And we were just fearful of the repercussions if our parents found out. And I wish we could tell you that we went to a care net um, and we chose life or adoption, but tragically, we chose abortion. For 23 years, I was silent about my choice, as most women are at, who are active in church life. And it took until 2014 for me to finally share about my choice with a group of ladies at my church. It was a, it was a small group Bible study. And that night, my leader, the leader of my group, shared with me information about surrendering the secret and um, told me that CareNet offered that for me. And I just didn't decide to take it at that time. I held that secret in for so long that once it came out, I actually felt like, wow, oh my gosh, like I feel so much better. But God needed some time to work on me emotionally and spiritually. And for reasons you will eventually hear, he was the one orchestrating the timing of when I did finally take the class. So... In 2016, two years later, I reluctantly decided to take Surrendering the Secret at CareNet. And as Steve mentioned, it's an eight-week Bible study. It is full of scripture and questions and journaling assignments and opportunities, encouragement to be in prayer. Um, there's videos that go along with the study, totally encouraging and supportive. And the leaders of my group love me through the whole thing. Um, it was very difficult to work through the questions and the assignments. And the most open I was in the study was in my journaling assignments. That was my one-on-one -on -one time with God. And I have my journal here with me today because I think I could tell you what happens throughout the study, but I think the best way for you to hear what God did in my life is to actually read you some parts out of my journal. And I think you'll be able to see, or, see or, and hear, actually, where my heart was at the beginning and where God brought me to in the end. So one of the first assignments that we had to write about was about our abortion experience. And I'm not going to read everything that I wrote in the journal, but this is a portion. I was taken into a back room and was counseled. They asked me about college and how it, they never said the word baby, would affect my life. They asked how it would affect my boyfriend's life and what my parents would think. Of course, no one ever gave me other options. They never said there's other options. After the counseling room, no one talked to me. There were two nurses and a doctor in a white coat in the room where the procedure was to take place. 
Silently and differently, they started an IV in the back of my hand and taped it down. I went to sleep, numb, looking at the ceiling. I woke up later in a recliner that was a dull grayish brown and I felt nauseated. They gave me graham crackers and ginger ale, but after a moment they told me it was time to go. We need the chair, they said. They took me to my boyfriend who ushered me out the door, the back door at that. I couldn't even stand up straight from the pain and the moment I got outside, I vomited all over the bushes. This is the moment I knew that I had just done something terribly wrong. And something changed in me that day. I didn't cry or talk or get angry. I was just completely empty and alone. Life had to go on, but my heart did not go on. Part of my heart has always been stuck there. In the next chapter, the book asked us to describe ourselves. And at that time, I was 43 years old, Christian woman, grown up in the church. I had taught Bible studies and Sunday school and Bible school and basically I was just kind of playing the part of someone who had it all together on the outside. I was just striving to be that perfect wife and perfect mom and godly woman. But these are the words that I used to describe myself and how I felt when I thought about the abortion. Murderer, darkness, shame, grief, agony, loneliness. I went on to write in my journal I'm disgusted with myself. The abortion is a tragedy. If a baby dies in any other situation, it's a tragedy. That part that still takes my breath away is that it was at my hands. I am in a prison, and I deserve to be there, a mental and emotional prison. God help me for what I've done. 33% of women childbearing age have had an abortion. So what this makes me know is that, like me, there are some of you out here that have had an abortion in your past. And like me, you've probably felt alone in the dark and intense shame, like I felt. Also, right now, how I, this is how I used to feel whenever I would be sitting in a congregation or hearing about abortion, you probably feel a little uncomfortable. And you're trying hard to hide your secret, which I did for 20-plus years I shoved it way down to an untouchable spot. There's one area, though, that I would ask that you not be like me. And that would be, like I said, when anyone would speak about abortion, I would just tune them out. I just wouldn't listen. I couldn't do it. But I'm asking you, please keep listening. Please hear what I have to say. My story actually gets worse before it gets better because STS slowly brings you to the point where you have to admit what truly happened to your baby. So about halfway through the study, this is what I wrote. I've come into the truth and can face the fact that I chose to end my child's life. It makes it better to admit it, but so much worse at the same time. These were my words to the Lord. Lord, will you please forgive me? I know your blood covers my sin. You did the things that I could not. I could not take responsibility for getting pregnant. I didn't have the strength to stand up for you or my baby. I was a coward. You took responsibility for my sin and stayed strong for me even when it got unbearable. You could have gotten off of the cross, but you didn't. 
Everything looks different if I imagine myself at the foot of your cross. So what happened after that was 25 years of agony shoved way down, was let loose, and I began to grieve. I would wake up my family early in the morning with my intense sobbing. They would have to come check on me and make sure I was okay. But this is a low point that I had to come to so that God could start putting me back together. And as the class went on and we worked through our grief, there were moments I felt like I could not breathe. My only hope was to be in the presence of God and to be in his word. And the study does a really good job of that, by the way, with the scripture they have in, the, in there. It's just, it just leads you to know that God, there's forgiveness, and it leads you to know God's grace and mercy. So with much prayer through the study and God's leading, I began to exchange my grief and my shame for the memory and love of my baby, a boy that we named Isaiah. The next part I'm going to share with you is from the STS book that I wrote at the end. It's a prayer to God, expressing my heart to him. And I think you'll be able to hear how different this was than from where I started. God, my wonderful Savior, the healer of my soul, you have given me beauty in a place of darkness. You have turned sorrow into love. You have given me back the memory of a child I could not know because he was locked away in my shame. Only you can work this way. Please help heal the pain I feel and help me to honor this baby, my son, your gift to me that I discarded so selfishly. You will make his life worth something the way you planned all along. So please hear me when I say this. I'm, I will always regret my choice, and I will always be sad about the loss of my child. Those feelings will remain. But the shame and the guilt that held me captive for so long and silenced me for so long will no longer control me. They will no longer impede my relationship with God. Jesus paid too high a price on the cross for me. He loosened my chains, and my life has been changed forever. And that's why I share today. To be post-abortive and to be able to say to someone, truly, don't do it. You will forever regret it. But I can also share, on the other hand, the hope that we can have for any un unbearable sin or unbearable hurt that we have when we let God into that. One thing I do want to also, I want to just talk really quick about Karenette. I don't know if you guys have ever just fully known and you have an example of when God showed his grace and mercy to you. And that's what Karenette represents to me through this Bible study that they allowed me to have. And they're a pro-life organization helping post-abortive women. And to me, that's an example of the way Jesus loved. Jesus came to heal the hurting and he quenched the thirst of those who were thirsting, and not just physically. That, that, were, that was their soul needs, deep soul needs, and that's what Karenet is doing. They're a Christ-centered um, uh, Christ ministry that is meeting people's physical, emotional, and spiritual needs. It's just amazing what they've done for me, and I, I will always be grateful to them. The last thing I want to share with you today is the biggest blessing that I received from taking this class. You know, you don't know 
why things happen sometimes, and I didn't know what the timing was, but God was orchestrating the timing of when I would take this class. So one thing I haven't shared with you yet is that the boyfriend in my story is my husband now. He's here with me today. Isaiah would have been our first child. Thankfully, after the abortion, God went on to bless us with four wonderful children, two of whom are here today. At the time I was going through the study, our daughter Mackenzie was living at home, and she saw me go through this. She saw my agony. She saw my healing. She would try to console me. I mean, she, my family just went through this whole thing with me. Wonderful supports. Thank you. Soon after I took the class, Kenzie moved out of our household, and within six months of time, she came back to tell us that she had gotten pregnant. Now, she wasn't married and she had just gotten into a nursing program here locally, and her life was just, you know, set. It was, she was moving forward. It would have been so easy for her at that moment to make the same mistake I did and to make the same choice I did so long ago. But she told me that when she found out she was pregnant, she knew she could not make the same choice that I did because she remembered all I had been through in this class. She was there. She watched it. She saw it. She turned her life back to God, And I'm so very proud to tell you that I have a 19-month-old grandson named Titus Isaiah. (laughs) Isaiah for the uncle who was not with us, but who we now honor in our family today. She was so brave. So really, the last thing I want to do is just thank you for having me today. Thank CareNet, thank my family, and... I want to thank thank God because with him all things are possible. Thank you. So that was a sacred moment. That was a sacred moment. Thank you very much. All of us have secret sins uh, in our past and sometimes the not so distant past. But there's only one in 10,000 probably who has the courage to stand up and reveal that secret so that God can use and show his strength in our weakness. So that w- that's what makes you special, Amy. Thank you for being with us and blessing us that way today. <clears throat> One more story that's um, very germane to this congregation. Last year, Michelle Merksammer, she's a member of our church, her son Johnny and his girlfriend Anna had an unplanned pregnancy. So they were scared and were contemplating abortion. After the Mark Schultz concert here at Vera Christian Church, Michelle shared Mark Schultz's song, his music video, Everything to Me, with them, which was the song we played for uh, Bumper this morning. So that music video made an impact, and then Bonnie was involved, and she referred them to a pregnancy center in Boca Raton, down south where they lived. They went in, had an ultrasound, heard the baby's heartbeat, and determined to keep the child. And they did. And we have a picture of Michelle's grandson, Connor, this morning. So we celebrate that. And the details of that just recently became known to a lot of people, and I was sharing it with our church leadership that I was going to tell that story today. And uh, Chris, who would helped to arrange the concert, uh, had not known that, so he shared it with Mark Schultz's agent, who shared it with Mark Schultz, 
And Mark Schultz loved that story, and he wanted to get in on the fun, and so he recorded about a one-minute video that he sent for us just for this morning. So let's show that. Hey everybody, I'm Mark Schultz. I want to say hello to everybody there at VCC. I'm grateful for the time that we spent together and the folks that came out to my concert. Hey, I just got an email uh, from uh, VCC that said that uh, Michelle Merksimer uh, had shared one of my songs called Everything to Me with her son and the impact that it had on uh, his and his girlfriend's life and uh, now uh, for their son, Connor, who they chose life for. Uh, I'm so extremely uh, honored and humbled uh, that God gave me that song and that he could use VCC in such a huge way um, to uh, bring a little Connor into this world. And so I'm grateful for you, grateful for your hard work, for your prayers. Uh, and this is the fruit of what happens when godly people come together and open up their arms and say, God, we're, we're in. And uh, that's what you do there at BCC. God bless y'all, and I hope to see you again soon. So let me emphasize how this is really a team effort. It's a family effort and the power of taking one action. What, what happened to bring that positive result about, to give Connor life? First of all, a courageous woman gave Mark Schultz the gift of life. He gave him up for adoption, but gave him the gift of life. So he's around to write and record a song like that. Someone spearheaded a concert here at Vero Christian Church, bringing Mark Schultz in. There had to be a venue for that. A lot of people contributed to build a facility here where we could have church and host a concert. Karenette was featured at the concert, and Bonnie represented them. Someone moved by that song, uh, shared Mark's video with a young couple who had an unplanned pregnancy. Someone like Bonnie gave a reference to the pregnancy center in Boca, and the pregnancy center welcomed them, ministered to them, and so Connor received the gift of life. It's drip, drip, drip. Just a lot of little actions that are brought together and orchestrated by God to accomplish his will. And that's part of what I want to drive home today is the power of one action. So I'm um, going to show one more brief video here of Dr. Levitano. Dr. Levitano is a gynecologist who for years performed abortion. So he wasn't just an abortionist, he was a gynecologist. But uh, if a woman requested an abortion, he would do them, and he did hundreds. But he was converted to Christianity and to the pro-life movement. So now he travels around giving his testimony. And his testimony is amazing. I'm just going to show you a little two-minute clip of, uh, of the testimony that, one of the testimonies that he has given as it relates to what we're talking about today. So if we could roll that clip, please. What can I possibly do to make a difference in this fight? How many people in this room sincerely, genuinely believe they can do anything with God behind them? Look at all the hands. I'm challenging you to start acting that way. 1983, I'm still doing abortions. I arrive at my office. And I see what no abortionist ever wants to see. Are being, we're being picketed by the local Christian crazies. Right? People ask, what's it like when we're picketing you? And I say, I'll tell you what it's like. We get a siege mentality. It's us against you kooks outside. And it was then that uh, during that time that I got a new patient. Her name was Susan. Didn't even come up to my shoulders. And uh, routine OB-GYN exam and pap smear, nothing special. And when it was over, she you know, said, can I talk to you? And doctors in the room know, especially women, oftentimes will not tell you what's on their mind until they develop some level of trust. 
So I looked at the woman and said, how can I help you? And she completely blew me away when she said, I've been sent here to give you a message that Jesus loves you. He cares about you. This is not what he had intended for your life, to be an abortionist. Please stop. I mean, this completely blew me away. No patient had ever spoken to me this way. And understand, not, it's not like my wife and I never darkened the inside of a church, but people who were very demonstrative about their faith always made me uncomfortable. And I had one overwhelming thought when she said this, and that was I have to hustle this kook out of my office as fast as I could, and I did. A year later, she showed up for her GYN exam and pap smear and said, can I talk to you? And I went, oh, no. <laughs> and she said exactly the same words. Now, believe me, I remembered what she had said the previous year. But in the intervening year, I had received at least three personal greeting cards from this woman, marked confidential, sent to my office with the message written on the card. One time during the intervening year, I arrived at my office, and there was a plate of brownies sitting on my desk with the message tied to the brownies. <laughs> She's not stupid. She knew what I thought. How long would you evangelize someone that thought you were crazy? Susan kept up her one-woman war for seven years. All right, that's what I want us to hear. For seven years, she's going in once a year and uh, witnessing to her gynecologist. So it's easy to give up. It's easy to get frustrated. It's easy to wonder, you know, my, my efforts, I don't see the fruit. Whether we see the fruit or not, there will be fruit. That's all in God's hands. But we are to love. We are to witness. We are to serve. People who are on the other side of the issue from us are not our enemies. We love them and express the love of Christ to them. I thought that was a great illustration of that. All about being equipped today on your bulletin are a number of resources I've included on there. The CareNet website, uh, CareNet referral cards are back there on the Welcome Center desk. I'm, I'm referring you to a book. There's a lot of great pro-life books. I mean, a ton of them, but this is one of the best. This book by Randy Alcorn, who's a great author in other areas as well, but it's called Why Pro-Life. Nice thing about this book, which has been a primary resource for me in this series, is it's available as a free download. So you go to this website, go to the free resources, and you can download it. It's a tremendous book on pro-life. And then the Surrendering the Secret that Amy talked about, that eight-week Bible study, you know, uh, and how to get connected with that phone number and website. So do you feel better equipped? Feel like if you, if you encountered someone who had an unplanned pregnancy, you would know where to send them and feel confident in doing that? We feel like if we happen to be acquainted with someone who is post-abortive, either a father or a mother, we have an idea of how to speak to them and maybe to refer them to Surrendering the Secret, that program at CareNet. Feel good about the fact that we support that mission. Just equipped to take our steps of faith to show the love of Jesus Christ to women, children, men who are broken just like we are and who need that love. Father in heaven, we thank you for loving us. We thank you that each person here is created in your image. We thank you for our mothers who chose to give us life and now you are blessing our life and we have the joy of forgiveness, promise of eternal life and the joy of your presence in our lives. Everybody we know needs that. If they don't have it, they need that. We pray you will affirm that to us this morning and truly equip us to share the good news with other people. In Jesus' name, amen.